Hello, readers. Laird Hamilton is one of the world's most famous big wave surfers, a businessman, and author. Those titles include the book we're talking about today, Life Rider, Heart, Body, Soul, and Life Beyond the Ocean. Laird, thank you for the time. How's it going? Uh, good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, and thank you for, uh, you know, hitting everything for me. As far as the book is concerned, what was your goal in writing Life Rider? You know, I, I, I mean, I really, my objective with most of the things that that I'm involved with, whether it's XPT or Laird Superfood or, you know, or, or stand, you know, all these different sports is, you know, it ultimately to, to try to be helpful, you know, I, I, and share things that have helped me with, with, uh, with other people. Um, and hopefully it might help, help them. So, you know, my ultimate, my ultimate goal is really to, to help the humans. What is it causing us to lose our grip on what it means to be human, and how does this book aim to combat that? Well, I, I mean, I think I think we're a lot of it is that we're so out of our biology, you know, and I think we're getting bombarded um, by uh, like a lot of we're getting bombarded by a lot of forces, um, kind of that we're really not capable of of, of fully understanding and and even. You know, and they're not obvious. You know, things in nature are more obvious. And, you know, I think when you talk about just all the toxins in our environment because all the stuff that we're doing, and then you talk about all the, you know, bombardment of the uh, electrical, you know, just all these these instruments. I mean, these things are all having an effect on us. And, uh, and so, it, it, you know, I think part of it is to try to connect back. You know, the objective of the book is really just to try to connect back to some of our biology and, 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 you know, and our relationship with nature and, and, uh, you know, and, and maybe kind of go inside and, and look for answers instead of always outside. Leonard, is this, uh, is this book an idea you've had for a long time? Have you thought about writing something like this for a while or was there a certain moment or event in your life kind of recently that, uh, uh led you to want to put this book out there? Well, I had I have a, 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 a about ten years ago, maybe twelve years now. I had a, a book called Force of Nature that was really more based on kind of my philosophies in fitness, uh, and uh, you know I had some uh, you know some friends and people around me that I respect kind of go, hey, you should you know you should you should put together your kind of some of your philosophies and 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 uh, and you know, make a, and make a book out of that. And so that kind of sparked it. And then, you know, and, and I think to, you know, the book itself, really, I, I, I've learned a lot from, and it's partially, you know, through the investigation of understanding, you know, kind of how, where I grew up and how I grew up and how that influenced me, that, that was a, you know, so it's always great when you can be involved in a project where, you know, so it's somewhat about you, but that somehow you learn a bunch of stuff. You know, I, I was uh, involved in a book called The Wave uh, by Susan Casey, and and uh, you know, and, and I learned a bunch of stuff about the ocean um, through that. And so, in a way, I think these are really more educational processes that you go through, and then at the you know at the end, in this particular case, you come out with a book. This book, Life Writer, it consists of the five pillars that you lead your life by and just details what those things entail and why they are important to you and potentially to others as well. And those five pillars are death and fear, heart, body, soul, 
and connectivity. I wanted to ask some specific questions about each of those pillars, starting with death and fear. You talk about being around death a lot, starting at a young age. What is the most difficult death that you have had to deal with? You mean of somebody I cared about, like my mother? Sure, something like that, yeah. I mean, I think that, that, you know, I think my mom's passing, but, um, but I, I, you know, I think that your perspective of death really affects the way death affects you, uh, you know, and, and so if you believe uh, that, you know, that, that, that there, there's, there can be a better place or if people are going to be good when they pass, then that would change it if you believe it's the end and it's the and it's final and it's over um you know then then i think then that would make it a lot more traumatic so i I really feel like our perspective of death really affects the way death affects us and um and so i i I, you know i think for me um you know obviously my my mother's passing was a was a uh you know i mean that was a a powerful thing uh you know i and so, uh, again, I've I've lost some friends. Um, I've you know, and as well, and you know, again, again, your perspective of death, uh, I will definitely influence, you know, its impact on you. And uh, and I I feel like that if you know that it that if it's like birth, that then maybe it continues on. And so. Which shouldn't be, you know. Sometimes I feel like we will, you know, we feel sorry for ourselves uh, when when people pass. Now, listen, when some somebody goes too early, and I mean, my mother passed away at a at a young age. But when you have people pass away when they're when when before they've lived their life, I think that's you know that has the most traumatic. I just lost a friend recently that you know that was eighty five and and. He his life was so full, full and fulfilled that it, it changed. Um, you know, I, I, you don't feel the same as if some, you know, if a child were to pass or something like that. Which I, I, I I'm fortunate to never have experienced that. But I, I would, that would definitely be something much greater. We think of fear as a negative feeling, but how can it be a positive force? Well, I think fear makes you smart, and 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 you know it's all about how you use it, right? So again, fear can can fear, you know, deer in the headlights. That's you know that's the, the old saying where you know if it freezes you up and stops you from from moving, then it's a problem. But fear fear used as energy uh, is is remarkable. One of the strongest emotions we have, and and, and you know you know there's a difference between. Um, you know, fear and, and, and being scared. And so, you know, if you use fear as a way to tap into, into, uh, higher, higher awareness and, and better decision-making. And I mean, you see it in nature all the time, uh, how, how animals access fear and use it for, for strength. And I think if you use it that way, it's an incredible emotion. Now, if you, if it's something that, that, uh, you know, locks you up, then I think that's a, that's a, that's the whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother, uh, it's really a whole nother emotion. Definitely. And Laird, uh, he used the deer in a headlights phrase when talking about fear. I think, uh, I'd be more scared riding a huge wave. Some of the waves that you have to uh, go up against as a surfer than I would be as a deer in the headlights. Was there ever a time, I mean, you've been surfing for a long, long time since you were a kid, but was there ever a wave or a situation out on the water in which you were actually a little bit scared and had to tackle your fear out there? 
Well, you know, we, as you guys stated earlier, that I, you know, I talk about in the book having been near, kind of around uh, death and the well, the danger of dying as from a young age, and I think that kind of created a, a, you know, a relationship with it early. But I, you know, as a young kid getting, you know, ripped out in in rip currents and and wondering if you're ever going to get back. I think I, I, I experienced the emotion. You know, a lot of this, all of these things, a lot of it is perception. I mean, people can be in extremely dangerous situations and, and, and not perceive it, and it's not for them at that moment. But it doesn't mean that it's not. It just means that, you know, the effect it's having on them, and you can be in a not dangerous position, and if you somehow feel it's dangerous, then it, it, that's, it'll affect you in that way. But, you know, I, listen, I was lo- I've been lost at sea uh, for, uh, you know, a day or so and that was that was a different kind of feeling i've been held on the bottom of the ocean by a giant wave or and didn't think i was going to make it to the top and you know that's more immediate the other one the loss at sea is a little bit more drug out over time i mean i think there's uh, so many different ways and and uh, that you can experience that that uh emotion but it's definitely connected to you know your perceived because, uh, you know, your perceived situation. The next pillar that you live your life by is heart. I've heard of the gut microbiome as our second brain, but you actually say that the heart is our second brain. Why? Well, there's actually, I mean, scientifically, um, we have, uh, you know, and I'm not a scientist, but I've been led to believe, um, you know, that, that we have brain we have brain tissue in our hearts, and you know when you talk about the heart, I mean you put a heart on a valentine's card and 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 uh and definitely your microbiome and and the influence of your gut on your on your on your physicality is there but you know when you when you know when you talk about the heart i mean that's the that's the uh that's the big the big boss that's the motor uh without their microbiome aren't doing anything without the the beat of the heart and 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 so you know i mean you you have these instincts and these you know they call it at one point you might say a gut intuition but you know you'll say somebody has has heart like that guy has heart and and i feel like uh it probably goes brain heart gut or maybe it goes heart or maybe it goes gut heart brain (laughs) 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 i'm not sure which way but you know definitely when you follow your heart and you and you and you uh, listen to your heart when you you know you know because uh, i I feel like the heart is connected so much to the instincts and so you know there's a there's a there's a relationship to to all of it that we need to you know that we need to cultivate and 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 uh and listen to instincts and emotion as well. You do a good job of pointing that out in the book. And of course, one of the best examples that most people have been through is heartbreak. What is the most heartbroken you've ever been? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I've had a few. I think, uh, I think, you know, the, per, you know, I think we uh, have to be with Gabby, you know, my, my wife and, and, uh, you know, I think at, at, at one point her and I were going through some some stuff and uh you know that was pretty i was pretty heartbroken that was that was uh that was something that uh that i didn't didn't want to uh experience uh too much more after that (laughs) and speaking of gabby 
she contributes to this book, as does your co-author, Julian Bora, and I really appreciate those perspectives on things. Gabby comes in to, I guess, further expand on the viewpoints that you're sharing, and at the very end, Julian comes in and really summarizes what it was that y'all had talked about and even gives some advice on how people can apply certain things that they've learned in each chapter. Was that something that was a plan all along as you guys were putting this book together, is get all three of your opinions on things? Well, I think that came, it evolved naturally. I mean, Julian, the the opportunity to work with Julian, I felt like gave a great perspective, uh, you know, and, 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 and also just all of, all of uh, his investigative work. Um, You know, I can, I can speak from, from my side, but it's it's always good to have, you know, I just feel like if we can, if if it was all coming from me, first of all, I think there'd be a limitation to, to you know, the, the message, but then there'd also be kind of a limitation to to the information as well. So I, I you know, I, I, I think that was a, it, it kind of, you know, it came organically uh out out of out of the process you know and and Gabby listen to have Gabby's perspective and you know as as a you know I respect her so much as a woman and to have a woman's perspective I think is is always essential so um you know that's that's the that's one of the grounding factors and and you know I feel like what do they say where you know where where there's two working together, they do the th- th- uh, the work of three individuals. So three working together does the work of about five or six individuals. And now both of y'all, of course, are professional athletes and, and getting XBT Life started as well. Now you guys have two daughters together. Are they just the most physically fit, in shape, best <laughs> athletic daughters in history? Uh, let's just say that they're competitors. <laughs> <laughs> what do we need to What do we need to look out for? What sports are they playing? We got well, uh, We got to follow their you know, careers. We're, listen, we're not little league parents, so we're we're. It's all about exposure and them finding. You know what I call their special purpose, but they have to find their or you know what some call their superpower. They have to find what they do. But the, you know they're they listen. They they definitely have some uh, advantages just because you know it, when you grow up around people that that spend a lot of time trying to cultivate their health that that's going to rub off on you i mean and then you know and then and then and then there's genetic influence and you know they love they love uh they 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 first of all they love they love fun so that's the biggest most important thing and and they know how to have fun which is the, the second most important thing but but you know they listen they play tennis ride horses and 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 they're they're all great in the in the water and and good in good in motorized vehicles i mean it's you know it, it's all about variety and exposure and and we'll see what washes out from the whole thing after but right now it's 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 you know it's exposure and and uh, and then learn the lessons you know learn the lessons that 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 sport teaches you the trials and the tribulations of you know the su- success and failures and the dedication and all those great kind of life teachings that 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 sport gives you health is important for all of these principles laird and it certainly manifests itself in body which is the third pillar that you live your life by and you talk about in the new book life rider in that chapter you share one of your favorite quotes we are it and it is us. What does that mean? Well, it, it, it just—I mean—it really speaks to nature. You know that really, at the end of the day, it speaks speaks to nature, and and 
you know, and then that brings up another pillar, you know, which is which is connectivity. But that we're, you know, we are it. We are uh, every, everything out, there, you know, out there in nature, and it is us. And so, and 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 that's, uh, you know, that that is something that I think people forget. We always consider us ourselves to be to be separate from, you know, the world, uh, and that somehow we're just like this unique organism that. You know, hey, listen, our bodies are made of salt water. We have the same salt, you know, salt to mass ratio as the planet does with ocean. And I mean, there's just it just goes on and, and on and on. And, you know, your your body is your temple, you know, and you and people hear that uh, in, in religious belief all the time. The body is a temple. Well, because it's meant to be, you know, it, it's housing, you know, our, our spirit, our soul. It's It's housing our uh well it's housing our gut biome it's housing our heart it's housing our brain and you know at the end of the day i think you know it's a, one time a, i was doing a little talk for some kids and and I, and i said to the kids i go well what's your favorite vehicle you know what what would be the dream thing and they had all you know airplanes and cars and all these different things and i said actually you own the greatest vehicle that you'll ever own right now uh, and it's your, it's life, life gave it to you, which is your body. And that it's, you know, that it, it doesn't make noise when you put fuel in it and you can drive every vehicle and fly every plane and do all these things with it. And it's the most amazing thing. And so I think it's, you know, and again, being an athlete and, 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 and have been, and having been injured and having been, you know, have going through all these different kinds of, uh, you know, going through all these different relationships with, with your body you really appreciate when it runs well and and then you want to nurture it you want to take care of it and you want to you know and that's part of your responsibility uh if you want to maximize you know being alive ultimately the fourth pillar is soul you connect breathing and breath awareness with soul why well first of all that you know when you're born uh and and you take your first breath uh it seems that that you know that's how we that's when we are you know that that's our when our it seems that that's when the spirit comes to us now if you really if you really want to you know we could debate that uh and I wouldn't want to but I would just go to death ultimately that in nature you know when we die naturally and we're not kept alive by machines that when our breath leaves we leave and so um or the we that is, you know, what is in us. And so the spirit leaves when, when the breath leaves. And so spirit and breath are connected. Um, and, you know, in the Hawaiian beliefs, it's, you know, the, the breath is the spirit of life, that life and breath are connected. And, and uh, you know, when people stop breathing and have kind of out-of-body of experiences, it's usually connected to the breath. They don't breathe. And then all of a sudden they have these kind of out-of-body experiences. And, and so... You know, I just connect it from from that perspective that it's that it's that breath is, you know, is is uh, connected to to life ultimately and spirit, and so and it's the one that's the you know it's the one that's the most precious. Uh, given you know we can go, uh, you know, days without water, weeks without food, but we can only go minutes without air, and so air and life are connected, and life is connected to spirit. Very well said. And I, I guess on that note, still sticking with the soul principle, you say that people have too much head stuff going on sometimes, and we really need to replace that with a term that you call unmindfulness. What do you mean by that? 
Well, when you just can shut down, you know, if a, 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 a typical example is is flow state. You know, flow state is a is an active, uh, you know, an active state of unmindfulness where we, really it's about being able to and you know, it, breath work can put you into that state. Um, real, in, you know, I mean, I would, I would, I would say. Uh, you know, a Formula One driver when he's doing laps on the track at 200, that he's in a un- state of unmindfulness if he's at a really high level where you can almost, where you disconnect from your consciousness and it almost becomes intuitive and instinctual. I mean, there's aspects of endurance stuff that you can, you know, I think we search for it in all these different activities. Some people have the discipline to do it with through meditation. You know, it might take a little longer than a than a than a downhill mountain bike ride, but it, it, at the end, I think the goal is basically the same amongst us, and I think that we need that, um, and we've you know we need that to create balance in our life, and and I think that you know definitely with where we're where we are now, tech, you know, with technology, we're being so bombarded uh, constantly that we really don't have the opportunity to get into those states very often. And I believe it's contributing to a lot, you know, the majority of the stress um, that that we're experiencing is because of that. No question about that. And that leads us into the fifth pillar, which is connectivity. Of course, in 2019, people hear connectivity. They think about that technology. But this has less to do with those devices that are polluting our conscious and subconscious with blue light and more about tying all of these other principles that you've talked about together, correct? Absolutely. Well, and ultimately tying us back to nature and and realizing that we're, you know, we're connected to the crows and we're connected to the whales and we're connected to the air and to the ground and to the trees and to everything. And, you know, and that's where, you know, uh, you know, it it is we are. I mean, it's it's we're all part of we're 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 part of it. We're all. And 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 that's I think that we we're we're you know we're we're connected to the wind we're connected to the sun i mean we're connected to the sun probably above all things um without that there is no life so uh, uh, you know that we that we and i and listen i i believe that it's a big part of that is is has to do with that we that we we just need to realize that that that's that that half of the solution you know half of the solution is understanding the problem well not that it's a problem but half of the benefits of being you know of being more connected it, it will come from just believing that we that you are that believing that you are connected to it and and that you you know they say that when you when a, when you look in a dog's eyes and uh and and he and a dog looks in in a human's eyes that you create serotonin you know and it's like uh, i mean it's like we have chemical reactions from looking in the eyes of animals and them looking at us that are beneficial to our health i mean that's just a you know that's a pretty simple way of cr- letting people know that we're connected but it's you know we're we're connected i mean and and it's whether we like it or not and no matter how we isolate and no matter where we go we're we're on this little tiny sphere flying through outer space uh we're all in the same boat Laird, i need some advice from you my friend <laughs> don't you, hold me to it you are i think you'll enjoy this question and okay. uh i hope i enjoy your answer but you obviously keep in phenomenal shape uh, throughout your career as an athlete and you make it a point of emphasis you talk about it in this book and of course with what's bringing you to austin in a couple of weeks 
being in great physical shape is is very important to you, and it is to my co-host Trey as well. But for me, I'm 25 years old, Laird. I just turned 25, so ideally I'm in. Oh, you're peak. over the hill already, then. I, I, I feel like I am. Believe me, but ideally I should be in pretty close to peak athletic performance and in, in, in shape, and I just don't have a whole lot of motivation. So the mental side of things, I know that's important to you. How do I get over that mental hurdle of not wanting to hit the gym or exercise or take better care of myself? Any tips for that? Well, uh, listen, when you talk about the physical side of it, you know, it, it, it's, you know, if, if you if you just said breaking rocks, you know, if you went out and just had a rock and hit with a hammer and that was what you're going to do, that would discourage anybody. But if you can, you know, that's why I talk about fun, how how important fun is, and that if you can have fun doing something, then you'll do it longer and more um, and, and, and through that process. But, you know, the biggest, I think the biggest uh, thing that any of us can do because it doesn't end. It's not like I, it's not like right now I, I'm not like, oh, okay, well, like I have to motiva- motivate myself every day because it's a natural human condition to just want to avoid it because we just want to avoid stress. So, you know, like I said, looking for the path of least resistance like water does, so do humans in life. It's like we're always looking for the path of least resistance instead of, okay, let's embrace the resistance, and that's because that's where all the benefits are. So it's about giving yourself the time. You know, you have to give yourself, you know, do something fun. Okay, you do it for 30 minutes one day, and then you do it. And you don't give yourself the the luxury to to have it be a, a option. There's no option. This is like, you wouldn't say, uh, you know what, I'm just not going to, I mean, you, you, some people might, but you're like, I'm not going to just not take a shower and brush my teeth <laughs> and, you know, do these things. Like, I'm, I'm not going to not eat and I'm not going to not drink something. You, you, those are something you don't, some of them are optional, some of them aren't, but you don't make them optional. You just do them. And in a way, I think that's, you know, that's that's what you have to kind of do. And, and, and making things fun definitely will allow you to kind of make that transition. But if you give yourself enough time, it's like, you know, having a eating when you change your diet. If you just give yourself enough time eating good, you start feeling really good. You're like, wow, I really like the way I'm feeling. And then you're like, next time when you don't want to do it, you'll be like, yeah, but I really like the way I feel after I do it. And and that should be the thing that really motivates you is that the benefits. Now, if you're not feeling great after you do it, well, then you have to reevaluate what you're doing. But, um, uh, you know, I think that, that you have to – listen, you have to play every game you can and try every trick you can on yourself and get people to, you know, have a community, hang out with your, your boy that's into it. And, you know, I mean, listen, all of these tricks that we do to keep pushing and to keep ourselves motivated – you know, I mean, we do it through vanity. We do it through com- competitiveness. We do it through guilt. I mean, it's just which one do you want to choose? Probably you got, you know, you use them all. You whatever one you got, use it, use it, use use it, um, or lose it, right? But at the end, you got it, and you, and it's never too late. I don't care if you're, you know, twenty five, thirty five, forty five, fifty five, sixty five, whatever it is. You know, you're. It's never too late. Uh, one of the hardest working guys I ever knew in my life is just passed at 85 and he, he was an animal until the day he died. And, Mm. you know, there's never an excuse. Uh, you only live once and, and, and listen, at the end of the day, what do you got, what do you got to lose? 
Seeing that mindset and that answer right there helps explain why extreme performance training is so popular. And as we mentioned at the start of the interview, and as my co-host just mentioned right now, you're coming to Austin to certify people in extreme performance training. That's the weekend of April 6th through 7th. People can go to xptlife.com for details. For anybody who's curious right now, what does extreme performance training entail? and What is the certification all about? uh, Well, listen, the real foundations, which is kind of contrary to the name, you know, XPT, but it's really mind, I mean, it's really uh, breathing and recovery and mobility. uh, and, and, And it's, it's, you know, it's extreme because it's kind of counterintuitive to what you think. And then there are aspects of it that, you know, you don't have to be uh, a high-level athlete. This is not just for high-level athletes. This, this is for humans. This is for, you know, this is for young, younger people, middle age, older people. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's something in there for everyone. Um, the breath work, uh, the mobility, the recovery work, um, there's... there's uh, it's it's about a you know it normally we when we run these programs are about two and a half days uh, the certification's a little different because it's it's the, we're going to train people to become certified trainers and and be able to go on and implement it with other people but you know we do we do thermoregulating which is uh, heat and ice stuff we do we do breath work mobility work uh, we speak a lot about longevity um, we do we have a, a whole. Uh, a pool training system that we've developed over kind of years of of uh, of, of exposure to all different kinds of fitness. Uh, I, I mean, it, so again, it's it's and it's ever evolving. Really, it's really an exploration in 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 in, in performance training where we just continue to evolve uh, the training. And you know, no training should ever stay the same. It should always, as we learn, we should we should uh, adapt, change, and and continue to evolve. And again, you can go to xptlife.com for details on the certification happening in Austin, April 6th through 7th. He is Laird Hamilton, one of the world's most famous big wave surfers, businessman and author. The new book that we've been talking about today, Life Rider, Heart, Body, Soul, and Life Beyond the Ocean. Laird, this was a very enjoyable conversation. Thank you so much for the time today, man. Thank you, Laird. Aloha.